Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Christman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. I'm super excited to welcome to Fed Talks for this episode. Um, uh, uh, is very special to me. She was one of my student teachers, and we're not going to dwell on that too much today. Um, but but Allison Brower is a fantastic theater teacher who I strive to be daily. Um, she teaches at Ashley Ridge High School in Somerville, South Carolina. So Allison, welcome to Thed Talks. And thank you. Tell us a little bit about you and your journey to where you are in your career, and then a little bit about your your program that you currently teach at. Sure. So. I grew up in the low country of South Carolina, and I have been a theater kid pretty much my whole life. My first play was when I was five. I was very proud to be a choir angel. It's a very big <laughs> deal. Uh, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, those theater kids that you have in your classroom that are obsessed and theater is their whole life, I uh, was that child, so I understand <laughs> that child. Um, and so yeah, I did a lot of a lot of theater growing up and I uh, got to high school. My high school theater experience was a little bizarre. I had four different teachers, one per year. So I saw a lot of really cool things and a lot of things I'm like, what is this person doing? And somewhere along the way, I decided, you know, I, I could do that. I could teach high school theater. And I just kind of convinced myself that that's what was going to happen. So I went to Winthrop University for theater education. I got to student teach with the fabulous Jimmy Chrisman, learned lots there. And I was really fortunate to get a job in my hometown, Somerville, at Ashley Ridge High School. Um, I'm about to start my eighth year at Ashley Ridge. And in year two, I was eager to be a student again, because apparently I'm just a crazy person. And <laughs> uh, decided to do uh, Roosevelt University's Masters of Directing program, which is a really cool program because it's really geared towards theater teachers. So I hopped on that train, uh, got my master's in directing through Roosevelt while still teaching. Uh, again, eighth year starting. There's going to be a digital year, so, you know, something new every year. <laughs> <laughs> we typically do a play in the fall, a spring musical, even though it's in February. <laughs> um, I also have started doing a spring play, but that's normally a an assistant director that I bring in a middle school teacher to help me with. And um, I just produce the show. We do student-directed one acts in the spring. We do a 24-hour play festival. Uh, I feel like, oh, in my advanced class, we do a show. So we typically, I typically have like anywhere between four and six shows a year. Some of them are smaller. And that fall play and spring musical are, are big shows, quote-unquote. Doing air quotes, which you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Okay, I'm I'm gonna ask, um, oh, and, and and you you can be as as candid as you want about it. Why do you do so many shows? <laughs> um. Well, like I said, I'm a crazy. Per- I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> well, I I think along somewhere along the line, I 
let me backtrack. When I was thinking about what I wanted to do when I was in high school and what I wanted to study, um, I told my mom, like, I have a, I have such a hard time because I like all aspects of theater. Do I want to do acting? Do I want to direct? Do I like design? I like all of it. And she is one of the people that kind of guided me towards this idea of, you know, if you are in a program where you are the head of that program, like a high school theater teacher is, you get to, to do all of the things. And uh, that sounded really exciting to me. <laughs> um, so I think it started out, I just... I just really like doing shows, as nerdy as that sounds. Um, I think I I just try to give as many opportunities for kids as humanly possible. Uh, but I do, it does sound like an astronomical amount, but I do put a lot on the students. Mm-hmm. So the 24-hour play festival, like I show up and I unlock the building for them. And, they, and I make sure that they don't tear it apart. Uh, and the one acts, I have to read the scripts and approve it but that's that's really all them and I just kind of give them the guide as they need since they're new to directing and same with the um the spring show again I bring in a guest director for that one so that I'm just kind of have my hand on the set and light so I try to uh it sounds like a lot but I try to make sure that it's not just me running the circus at all times. (laughs) I try to make it as student-led as humanly possible, which means letting go when I have a hard time with that sometimes. But um, I think, especially with smaller things like the Linux and the 24-hour play festival, it's giving a lot of kids a chance to to be involved in ways that maybe they don't normally do, or they're like, oh, well, I'm I'm scared to audition for the full play, but I can do a one-act. So it's just trying to give as many Mm -hmm. different opportunities as humanly possible without, you know, killing myself in the process. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're, we're going to come back to, um, to that topic in just a little bit. Um, not killing yourself because that's not, that sounded really, really bad. That's not what I meant. Um, but, but taking care of yourself in the process of all that, we're going to come to that in a little Uh, bit. Um, I'd love to hear a little, we're going to, there's a few things from what you shared that I want to unpack with you. Um, the first is about your four different teachers in high school. Um, and I know, I know you briefly talked about like what that did for you and, and inspired you to, to, to want to go into this field, but how else did that impact you? Because there are a lot of programs that that happens to, and and I, we don't always think about well, we we think about, but we don't know the impact on the students that that has. Yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting journey. Um, <laughs> and as someone who just really wanted to do theater, it was really frustrating, mm-hmm. especially my first three years, because every time I was a new teacher, they were really just trying to get their footing. And trying to kind of figure out the the school and the process and what the kids were wanting. And about the time they figured it out, they were caught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, we didn't really do a whole lot of school plays when I was in high school. We did a musical my freshman year. And then I didn't get to do another show until I was a senior. And um, it was interesting, too, because a lot of the... The, some of the teachers that were being brought in, while very cool people, it was they were um, they didn't have a background in education, so they had a really great understanding of theater, but not necessarily how to apply it with us in a classroom. So I would, for some teachers, I would get an assignment that was like a script analysis project that would take me 
I don't know, a class period and they gave us two weeks to do it. So mm. I was doing my math homework in my theater class, <laughs> um, which was very frustrating and disappointing. And I felt like um, I was missing out on I would see how other theater programs and other high schools were doing these cool things. And I just wanted that experience as well. Um, and I wouldn't say that I felt like I was a complete disadvantage when I went to college theater, but I did feel like there were some gaps because it wasn't a super consistent teacher. So my, my education was a little inconsistent as well. I mean, and you know, kids, we adapt and you get caught up, but it definitely, it made it hard. And I, you know, that, theater family feeling that high school theater programs so often provide that I, we had a hard time kind of getting that established because you know that the person changed every year and when a teacher quit sometimes other kids would give up and so on and so forth so it um it made my theater experience in high school kind of bizarre but I, again i feel like i saw a lot of really great examples of okay well i do want to do that but i don't want to do this mm -hmm. with my program what a massive failure you know or whatever it was we're gonna shift gears just a little bit but i would love to sure. hear about um a couple of the things that you do one is the um, bringing in the assistant director from the middle school i think that's really very smart um, and I, I'd love to hear about that process and, and why you decided to do that um, in addition to how that works out with your with your program. For sure. So we um, we had a year where my my cast list numbers were not huge. So or in my mind, they weren't. So we were doing Anne Frank, which is like 13 people, which is not bad, but it's mostly focused on the same eight who are, you know, in the annex. Mm -hmm. um, and we were doing Into the Woods which is a smaller cast musical for a high school at least. And so going into that school year, I was like, man, these, these are two really tough shows. And these are shows that don't have a lot of, a lot of roles to hand out. I want, I want to continue to build this program. I don't want I don't want kids to miss out and feel like they don't have a chance. So I talked to my good friend, Sean Vick, who is, within my school district and he really loves working with students and he's a middle school teacher and so different levels of schooling means you can do different types of plays so he was kind of itching to do something a little more mature and I was worried adding another show to my plate was going to be mm -hmm. too much on me and just too much to kind of balance because normally I use the spring to kind of take a breath, do smaller projects or do projects out in the community for myself. Uh, so I asked him you know, if he had any interest. He seemed very interested. <laughs> and, um, I told him, I said, I really don't care what you pick, what you do. I just, I just needed to pick a show and then show up to rehearse <laughs> with my children. Um, and a great, it was really great. It like gave, it was a smaller show. So kids who like had done Anne Frank or Into the Woods and were tired kind of didn't have interest in it um and they were like eh, we had our time this year and it meant my design kids had something else to build which they were very excited about because that's their favorite component of that class is building um and yeah it just was a really cool opportunity for a different director to work with the kids too and i told them going into it you know he's going to work way differently than i do and that's good for them i feel mm -hmm. like one of the advantages that I did have of having four different theater teachers is that I 
got to experience working with different types of people and different types of directors. And that's a, my, because I've been there for eight years. My kids are really just used to my way of doing things. Um, and I thought that'd be a really cool opportunity for them to work with someone new. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we tried to do it again this year, but COVID got in our way hmm. uh, so much to our dismay. But it was it was really cool. We're hoping to make that um, a traditional thing that I just get to bring in an outside director so that there's more opportunities, but I'm not so bogged down in doing shows. That's awesome. That is awesome. And then that's one of the, the things that I loved about hosting student teachers and um, mm-hmm. And I, and teachers out there listening, if you host student teachers, you need to let them direct, um, not just for their own experience and growth as a teacher and a director with students, but but for your kids to work with other people because I think that's so important. Um, and I and I, I loved the experience that you brought to my kids, and and I just think it's it's just critical to your process um, as you're as you're developing. And I. I I, one of the things I love about the program that I'm in that um, is different than the the ones that I came up through and that even taught in at Winthrop is the the capstone project for my seniors the semester before they student teach is they have to direct a one act in a school um, and and I just I love that opportunity opportunity for them because they again their growth with that getting to work with students before their student teaching. And, and the, the opportunities that those kids get to work with different people every single year um, as far as directors and, and the different styles and, 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 and ways of working with kids. So I think that's really cool. I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And I mean, theater, like any theater teacher will say it, it teaches more than just how to be a good actor. Yeah. It teaches all of those life skills and working with different types of people is definitely a huge life skill. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit about your 24-hour theater project, your play project. Um, I love those, and I'm, I've never did one with my students because I was terrified. Um, so, <laughs> so talk about that and what that's like for you. So a 24-hour play festival is something that my husband actually got when he was at UNC Greensboro, and then he brought it to Winthrop, and I was obsessed and stole it and brought it to Ashley Ritai. So it's the idea that you write, rehearse, produce, perform original plays within 24 hours, which sounds horrifying, like you said, Um, especially when you think about teenagers. But I promise if you hype it up, they will totally 100% fall in line with you. Um, So basically what we do is I have a sign-up sheet the week before and kids can sign up to do uh directing acting designing or writing there's no audition or anything you just have to promise you're going to show up early on a saturday morning and that's awesome so we have all these kids signing up and it's really again it's providing those opportunities so maybe kids who never thought of themselves as playwrights take that jump and decide to play right. Uh, or maybe kids who have auditioned and have had a hard time getting cast, they can sign up for being an actor. And guess what? They're going to be an actor that day. Um, so, you know, whatever their little heart desires, that's what they get to do. Uh, so then we meet on a Friday afternoon with all of my playwrights, just the playwrights. We meet Friday afternoon. We do a playwriting workshop. And then our time officially starts at 5 p.m. on Friday. And they get to write for like two hours. 
And I let them write at school with each other for those like two hours. They can bounce off ideas. They can ask me questions, whatever it may be. And you can make it a little more challenging if you want. So in the past, I've made them draw two words and they had to incorporate those words into their script mm -hmm. somehow or however. Um, and all they really know is like, OK, I'm writing for three actors. And that's usually all that they know. Um, so after those two hours, I send them home. Some people want to be together for that 24-hour time. I do not. <laughs> um, I, uh, I want my sleep away from teenagers. So we all go home, and they have to send their script to me by 8 a.m. the next morning. So then at 8 a.m. next morning, the directors, they pull a playwright's name out of a hat, they pull directors' names out of a hat, and they go with their script, and they just rehearse all day long. Uh, they get a designer, and the designers come to me and say, we need this, this, and that, and me and the designers work on those aspects, and by 5 p.m. that next Saturday, we perform a show for whoever shows up. Uh, it's a really great fundraiser. I don't charge tickets, but I ask for donations on the way in, and it's a great way to make money for nothing um and the kids are always totally panicked about having to rehearse and learn lines and that little bit of time but i've never had a problem <laughs> i always <laughs> manage to crank it out and some of the scripts you get are just the most fantastic amazing things you've ever heard in your life and you're like that child wrote that in like four hours last night so it is really fun and all you need you just need 24 hours of time like that's all you need. It's a really cool opportunity and you don't have to have that much time to dedicate to this major project. So we've done it, I think, two times now. Um, and we, I mean, we've had a blast and I plan to keep doing it in the future until my children tell me they hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. That, that, <laughs> I, I'm happy to hear that there is a, a point where you get to go home and sleep. Um, I think that's what mm -hmm. I was most terrified about being in the building with the students overnight and, the shenanigans that go down with with that um yes so that's I always good tell them they can go to each other's houses and continue writing or they can go meet up at a coffee shop and continue writing together they can do whatever but i'm going home and they <laughs> can't stay <laughs> oh that's fun that's fun um so I want to talk about your 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 master's program and and that experience. I think I I, I should reach out to Roosevelt and ask for um, some advertising money for how many people have talked about the program in the last two <laughs> weeks with me. Um, I'm sure. So talk a little bit about Roosevelt's program and and what you got out of that. So. Uh... That first year teaching, I was really tired and really struggling, and I just, I needed something to help me kind of refresh, and I've always really enjoyed being a student, um, and I thought, okay, well, I, I really enjoy directing, let me look into this program, and Roosevelt's really great because it's designed, their master's program is great because it's designed for teachers, mm -hmm. so you only have to go for six weeks, three summers in a row. There's really no other classwork in between. It's really just those summers, and then you have a thesis show at the end, and so as I'm already doing shows at my school anyhow, no. like, that doesn't seem so bad just to get graded for a while. Um, and it's a really great program because, I mean, for so many reasons, but the biggest thing is even though it's a master's in directing, 
you you don't learn just directing. There was a lot of acting classes. We did a lot of design. We got to see a show every Thursday in Chicago, which was, I mean, that's an experience in itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so cool. And it's, you are surrounded by other theater teachers. I think for me, one of the things that I was struggling with is I didn't have as many people to lean on at my school because I'm the only one there as we typically are. Um, and the other fine arts people in my hall are fantastic, but they still don't know how to teach theater with right. me. Um, so if nothing else, Roosevelt gave me this opportunity to see how other people were doing it. <laughs> I, I got to see how so many theater teachers had found solutions to things that I was having issues with. Um, and I got to see what kind of projects they were doing. And so, and I just, I came back every summer to my students in the dorkiest, nerdiest third, like theater nerd fashion, like so ready to do some theater <laughs> with them. Um, again, in the nerdiest possible way, but it was, it was really just eye opening. Every summer I came back with something that I was like, I cannot wait to show this to my students. And obviously it's a master's program versus high school theater. So we're kind of adapting for them, but there's so many things that I've been able to incorporate in my classroom from the program that it's, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And I felt like I came back just so re-energized every summer. Um, and I, it's one of those things that I was able to do for me yeah. that because I was able to be excited again, I could bring that same excitement back to my students. And I think that's always really important because it's so easy to just get so burnt out. Um, but this, I mean, going to school, that was for me, and they just happened to benefit from it. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, I love hearing that. And I, I know, um, by the time this airs, we'll, we will have talked about Roosevelt several times. Um, but I, I, I like to talk about it because I think it's important for teachers to, to exactly what you just said, that there, there's some things you've got to do for you. And there's some yeah. things you've got to do to feed your inner teacher, your inner artist, your inner learner. And for me, and I, I, I can a hundred percent agree with what you just said that every time I came back from my summer program, um, I was energized. I wanted, I couldn't wait to try the new things I learned with my kids and, and it kept my teaching re-energized and, and I, I felt like I was learning again. I felt like I was engaging a part of my brain that I hadn't before. And it, I, I, I cannot recommend enough, whether it be Roosevelt's program or there's tons of other master's programs in the country and I know I, don't, I know there aren't as many as we would like that are that are the summer programs that are perfect for us teachers but they're out there and I can't recommend them enough so thank you for sharing that yeah it was it truly was awesome well I one of my favorite memories um of, of you and and I I blame you and your husband Eric for um mine and my husband's uh funko pop collection um we i'm a nerd when it comes to those and me and my husband we just we love collecting and we have a room that is frighteningly full of funko pops um but my first ones were of charlie brown and snoopy um and, i'm staring at the same ones right now <laughs> and, and and that was because we came to see you and eric Aww. perform in your show and after that for my birthday he he thought it'd be romantic and really sweet to to give me those and hence begun our obsession so um 
I, I, I love to see- that. <laughs> we, we blame the two of you for that. So I will take that blame with pride. <laughs> um, but, but, I want to speak to that because not my obsession, but but your work as a an artist outside of your work that you do at school and how important that is to you. Um, so talk a little bit about why, in addition to the four to six shows you do with your kids, it's so important <laughs> for you to continue working for yourself. Yeah, so I try really hard to find at least one theater project a year, at least one every year for myself that has nothing to do with my students. Um, and usually that's via community theater. I'm very fortunate that in the Charleston area, there are several community theaters that let me, let me play from time to time. And sometimes that's acting like with Charlie Brown, um, Snoopy for life. Um, and sometimes that's directing. So, um, I got to do crimes of the heart at flower town players. I got to do 39 steps at footlight players. Um, and those, again, those are, those are for me, those are my projects. And I love for my students to be able to come and see those things and experience them, but they're, they're part of my learning process. So, you know, I tell my students every single show you ever do, you're going to learn something. Um, as an actor, as a technician, whatever it might be, you are going to grow from having done that show. So in my perspective, you know, I'm not doing grad school anymore, but I still need to grow as a theater artist. And if I'm growing, then that means I'm just bringing better things to my students. So like those, those theater experiences outside of my school um they're they're so that i can continue to learn as an artist as well um i really love being an actor still and getting to see how other people direct because i'm always going to learn oh wow what a cool interesting way to work with actors or oh what a cool concept that i never would have thought of it just um it's, it's a really humbling experience too um the most interesting one i just mentioned diary of anne frank earlier I directed it and then like I think maybe nine months later I was in it <laughs> with a different mm -hmm. director and that was just so interesting because he was a fantastic director and he did things completely differently than I did and I don't think either one was wrong but that's that's the cool thing with theater there's so many different ways to interpret and to to do and it was a learning experience for me even though like I was a smaller role, um, I got to experience him working with those same characters in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I, it's really just, it's interesting. And honestly, it's just fun. Like, <laughs> you know, doing a show is fun. You meet friends, you have fun stories. It's just a really good way to stay social. Uh, if, if I just did all of the school plays, my entire circle of humans would just be teenagers. And while I love my teenagers, it's nice to be around adults and work with them sometimes too. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of fun doing these community theater projects. I feel like I grow. I feel like I have a lot of fun. And um, it's really interesting when my students do come and turn up to see, especially when they come to see me act because you know, I'm their acting coach. So when they come to see me act, um, I get really way more intimidated when they're there than when like friends or family. They're like, oh my gosh, these kids are going to be watching my every move to make sure I do the things I preach. Um, 
yeah, and it's it's fun when they come back Monday morning, like, oh, Miss Brower, we saw you, we saw you Saturday, and I'm like, oh gosh, thanks, friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I love when I was when I was still teaching. I, I it was so important to me to continue to work and continue mm-hmm. to do things to feed again that inner artist as well, um, and to play with adults, you know, <laughs> like, like you yeah. said, um, I, I, you know, if I had stayed, just done the work with my kids, my circle would have only been those kids. And I needed, I needed that other adult interaction, adult artist interaction. And, for sure. um, and, and like you said, just the things that you learn as you're observing and, and growing. And I think it makes you a better teacher. I think it makes you a better director. I think it makes you a better performer. Um, yeah. and I was terrified theater- every time my kids came. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it's terrifying. <laughs> They're watching you like a hawk. Uh, I just think theater is so evolving and ever-changing, you know, and you can't just stay in your own little bubble. And so I try to burst that little bubble for myself at least once a year. When I do more than one, I get a little overwhelmed, <laughs> but <laughs> I try to. Well, let's talk a little bit now about that the balance and, and, and how you – you have time for you and Eric. You have time for you. Um, how do you do that? How do you take care of yourself? I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm not always great at it. Um, and there are, I'm sure, a million other theater teachers out there that are just like me that have a hard time just letting it go um, and, <laughs> and and trying to, like, pull back and relax a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It's one of the things that I'm not great at. But... Some of the things that I have tried to do is give as much responsibility during show season to students as humanly, physically possible. Um, I'm unfortunately one of those people that's like, oh, well, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. (laughs) But that's not true. (laughs) If you give kids creative liberties, they're going to come up with something brilliant and amazing and it works and you just need to let them have that freedom and that experience and that also means that I'm not building that prop until one o'clock in the morning because I let some kid do it during class during their design class or what have you be um and then I also I have a policy that I do not bring anything home it just when I leave the school building it's done if I couldn't get it done while I was at school that it doesn't get done that day. Um, And that was a hard one for me for a while because I liked to come home and continue to work on props or do the grading or whatever it might be. But I finally just had a policy of, you know what, I'm there until seven o'clock most days doing rehearsals. When I come home, I need to just be home. Um, And then I've also been trying really hard to be better about asking adults for help. Mm. I'm way better at asking children for help because they're so eager and excited and willing. And so they're really easy to pawn jobs off on. Um, But you can't do that for everything. So I am really bad about asking parents for help. I don't know, not mine, but like the students' parents. Um, It's, it's always been something that I've struggled with because I know I'm a busy person, so I don't want to inconvenience anyone. Um, But I think just asking them for simple things. So I used to just have this mountainous giant prop list that I'd have to hunt down. Well, one day I sent the prop list home with the whole cast and got a half of the crap the next day. (laughs) Because kids (laughs) were like, oh yeah, my mom said we didn't need this anymore. Or she said, you can borrow this. Um, and I 
haven't had a chance to try it yet, but um, I have a friend who recommended she knows a lot of her parents don't necessarily have time to donate, but they might want to donate some fundings or donate some props. So she started making Amazon wish lists for her plays that had like props and costume pieces on it. And I was like, what a brilliant idea. So I, really had a chance to yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, so I haven't had a chance to try that yet, but you best believe this girl's going to try it. The next time I have a show. <laughs> um, and then I just recently had a parent ask, you know, how can I help? And normally I'd be like, oh, you know, I'll let you know. But I was like, no, Allison, ask for the help. You need to ask for help. So she's going to be in charge of ticket sales um, because that is a huge undertaking that I don't think I anticipated when I started this job is how to run a box office just didn't even occur to me. Um, and so I think the biggest thing is just being able to turn it off and leave the stuff at the school and then being willing to ask for help, whether it's parents or their children, um, either one works. But yeah, for me, it was definitely finding the willingness to ask for that help because you can't do it all by yourself. If you want your program to be successful and ever growing, then you have to ask for outside help. It can't be a one man show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, looking Looking over over your career so far, and I cannot believe it's year eight or you've finished eight years. That's just insane to me to think about. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you see your impact um, with your students and in the community, um, with your work that you do? Um, and how does that impact affect beyond just your classroom and the stage that you, you work on? You know, uh, going back to like my high school experience, I think I appreciate even more what kind of environment that high school theater teachers, or really any, I mean, any theater, any high school or any teacher in general has this opportunity. But I think creating that high school theater kid environment can be just really, really important. Um, so like I myself in high school, it's not, I had a hard time like clicking with a lot of people until our theater teacher really established a program my senior year. And suddenly my entire group of friends flipped, but I felt like I was finally with my, hmm. my tribe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like, not that I didn't have great people in my life, but I had found my people finally. Um, and that's, one of the just the coolest things I think is that theater really brings together the weirdest combination of people. Um, and it's the people that you wouldn't expect being super invested in theater versus that very stereotypical loud theater kid or that football player who you think wouldn't be a class clown because they're too cool, but nah, they're the silliest of them all. <laughs> and it just, it creates, these little tiny it just creates this weird little mixture of children this island of misfit toys um and they they do learn all of those things like um they learn creativity and social skills and how to communicate with people whether it's during rehearsal or having to do it with hand signals backstage um problem solving uh being able to accept criticism uh, staying on a schedule, being part of a team, 
dealing with disappointment or staying humble when you're excited about something. It, it teaches so many life skills that in the moment, these little young minds probably don't even realize the skills that they're learning, but they're going to take those things with them for the rest of their life. And they're going to take those friendships and maybe they don't stay friends after high school, but they'll have learned how to communicate with those different types of people and in an effective working kind of way. And I think it also, it helps them be way more in tune with who they are. So there are so many times in theater that you have to call on your personal experiences or your personal emotions, or you have to think from someone else's perspective because that's what the character requires you to do. And those are lessons that like, you they're just so invaluable like you learn so many things doing theater and even if a kid never does theater ever again if they've learned one of those life skills to me it's so worth it if they've i've done my job if they've learned one of those life skills um and maybe they continue with theater and they don't or they don't but if they've learned those skills which they always do i just i feel like that's that's really what my job boils down to is making better little humans. <laughs> that was really soapboxy and a long rant, but yeah. <laughs> it, uh, every word though is true. And, and it's, I think it's why we do what we do, you know, mm-hmm. and why we stick with it. Um, looking, looking back to first year teacher, Allison. Ooh, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm very curious to hear your answer to this after, after spending that semester before that with you. Um, what do you wish you had known um, or learned before going into your classroom on the first day that, that you didn't know or there was no way that that Stephen or I could have prepared you for? Oh, you know, this might it's going to be different for everybody, their experience entering into a school. Um, something that I was not anticipating was the um, the initial kind of, I, I'm trying to sign the right word here. It was their kind of initial hesitation to like me, mm. the students, um, because I stepped into an invite, you know, my high school experience, four different teachers, I stepped into an environment where they had had a really fantastic teacher that they really loved and they adored her. She was like their mom and I am a nurturing person, but I'm not going to be your mom. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Um, and so we, well, we were, she's a fantastic teacher. We were very different in our styles and they had a really hard time adapting and I had to find that really fine line of I wanted to honor the traditions that they had already established for themselves, but also I'm not her Mm -hmm. and you have to let me thrive how I'm going to thrive. So it was, I wasn't anticipating having that pushback and I wasn't anticipating like, okay, how do I compromise with these kids? How do I incorporate what they already know with where I'm, I'm wanting to take this. So that was interesting. Um, and again, it just some, it's going to be different school to school because I was so ready for a theater teacher who was super pumped and excited, but I walked into an environment where they'd already had that. Um, so yeah, I think just knowing that you uh, stepping in as a math teacher is a little different because those kids are used to getting 
a different math teacher every year, yeah. but changing your theater teacher can be really hard on some kids. And I just had never thought about that um, because I was in such a weird situation when I was in high school that I didn't think about how that was going to affect some of these kids. Um, and I don't think it was ever personal. I think they just, pers- they were struggling with, well, this is new and I, I didn't mm-hmm. want new. So I think if you end up in that kind of situation, don't take it too hard. It's not that your kids hate you. <laughs> they're just, they're adapting. And, and it's really about just finding what's going to make them comfortable, but also not being afraid to say, no, kids, this is what's best. I, I understand that this is new, but this is what we have to do now. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's interesting because that's so true. Like uh, when I came here to ISU, I... I was handed giant shoes um, Mm -hmm. to attempt to fill and um, looking over the the past syllabi from the courses and the projects and books that they read and everything that they did. I tried to fit that. I tried to, Mm -hmm. to fit that mold and continue on, I guess the legacy that had been left. And I struggled, I struggled a good bit because it, it, it wasn't mine and I didn't fully believe in everything that I was teaching at that time. And when I, I, I initiated the, these one-on-one meetings with all of my majors every single semester and, um, one gentleman in particular, we were, we were having our meeting and he said, he said, Jimmy, I want to challenge you. And I was like, Oh good. I'm glad a kid feels comfortable enough to talk to me like this. What, what, what are you challenging me on? Talk to me. And he said, before Cindy Brown left, she said, she told us that you were going to come in and there were going to be changes and we need to be ready for them because change is so good and this program needs change. And he looked at me and he said, I challenge you to bring that change. And so I had kids who were eager and hungry for that. And I, but when I stepped into my first teaching job, I also had kids who were still very much in love with the teachers before and, mm-hmm. and, and were hesitant to trust me you know just just like Mm -hmm. just like you said and it's not that they hated me not that they didn't want me to succeed but they didn't know who I was they didn't know what I was going to do and they didn't want to be let down yeah and especially you know the the our our programs provide like I was talking about earlier provides them like with this kind of home away from home so yeah it's definitely trying to build up that trust Mm -hmm. And, and there's going to be some, there might be some hesitation and there might even be some kids that, you know, they leave the program. I had some, a handful of kids be like, all right, well, I'm, she left. So I'm just, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I fought for those kids, but I also couldn't dwell on that and right. just had to know it wasn't my fault. And that if that's what they needed for them, that's what they needed for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear what is one of your very favorite things to teach, whether it be a unit, a, a particular project, or an activity you do with your kids. Ooh, probably my favorite. And and it's probably because it's just, it's going to land differently every single time, is um, doing adaptations with students. And that's one of those, like, completely life-changing classes that I was able to take with Roosevelt. Um, is this idea of taking a pre-existing work and adapting it into a performance. And we, I've had a lot of fun with students doing that. Sometimes it's just in class, like they get to pick a poem and they adapt it for a performance. And we critique it and give them ideas of ways that it can be better. 
Um, and they workshop it some more and they show us again. And it's really, it's more about the workshopping experience than anything. Uh, but then one time we did adapt Poe, Edgar Allan Poe poems for Halloween that we performed um, as our class play. And that was, that was a lot of fun. And we try to really focus on how to adapt things more than just, you know, dialogue, but how you can represent things visually as well. And it's, it's always very interesting because there are so many kids that don't see themselves as a playwright, but when you just ask them to take something, like take a story and, and stage it, they can do these really cool out-of-the-box things that like you just don't see coming. And it's, it's a lot of fun, and it feels very creative, but without feeling like you're so bogged down and trying to create this brand new beautiful original story and we're going to take a story that's already great that we already love and how can we adapt it to the stage and that's been really really fun um it's a long process so um normally that takes up at least half a quarter um more if we're going to actually perform it for an audience but that's probably one of my most favorite things that I get to do with my advanced students is our adaptation unit. Um, most of them really take to it, especially when I tell them they can pick whatever song or poem that they'd like, as long as it's appropriate. Um, <laughs> it's really fun. Um, and I think the most valuable piece is honestly them being able to workshop those pieces. Again, it teaches kind of, you know, being able to accept criticism and that it's just to make things stronger. And like that workshopping component is when you really get to see kids like click with material or they give just really sound advice. And I'm like, wow, that was really insightful. Good job. <laughs> I love it when they blow me away with their, with their workshopping. Um, that's probably my favorite part within my favorite unit is when they're giving each other this honest feedback and they get excited to give each other ideas. And um, it's, it's a lot of fun. We got to learn kind of step by step through some actors from Looking Glass in Chicago. So I left that class. It's one of those things that I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to take this back <laughs> to my students. Um, and I've pretty much done it every year since. Well, I I will let you know that Allison Brower is a legend among my students at ISU because we we use your animal activity all the time and that is one of their favorite things that they do and it's to the point now where where most of the students who are there now are 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 all mine that I've had for the the going in my fourth year there now um and they ask the underclassmen when they come in what animal are you (laughs) and and they're like what are you talking about? And they're like, Jimmy hasn't done the animal exercise with you. Oh, you just wait. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's my favorite. <laughs> so so they, they love that. So thank you for bringing that to me for them. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to hear about one of your cup, one or two of your very favorite stories from your career so far. It can be a funny story, a horror story. One of the, those most meaningful touching moments that impacted you personally. Oh man. There's, there's so many. <laughs> um, I think the first horror story that I think of, and I think Anne Frank has come up a lot more than I anticipated in this discussion, but um, we really enjoy doing field trip shows when we can. So 
for Diary of Anne Frank, I invited all of the middle schools in our district to come see the show because that's the China time frame where they typically study Holocaust and whatnot. So we had an auditorium full of middle school children. And we're in the middle of the scene where Peter and Anne are about to have their first kiss up in the basement. Um, and it's really like soft, intimate scene, right? But the school day at Ashley Ridge High School is going on as normal. Like students are still going to class, teachers are teaching. It's just me and my kids invited these middle schoolers. Um, and this is in uh, near Thanksgiving. And we're watching the scene. The show's going really great. And then my principal comes over the school intercom to share what our fabulous Thanksgiving lunch menu is for today. (laughs) (laughs) So Peter and Anne are in the basement trying to have this sweet intimate moment. And my principal going, we've got turkey, we've got mashed potato, we've got collar, like just anything and everything on this menu. She's like, "Mm -hmm, and don't forget the banana pudding. And she's just going on and on. (laughs) These middle school children lost their minds. Like we had them. They were in our hand. They were in our pockets. And she just, without realizing it, just ruined that whole moment. And they were antsy and ridiculous the rest of the show. So that one was definitely fun. Um, And I say it was a horror story. I mean, it's hilarious now. So you can laugh at anything. Um, Let's see. I think my most recent favorite story from the classroom and it was right before we had all of our COVID-19 shutdowns. This is one of my last, like, really fun moments with my advanced kids. We were performing scenes, and we were waiting between two scenes because a pair of students was setting up their, their scenery, you know, with their acting blocks and whatnot. And a student just randomly goes, why man great till they gotta be great? <laughs> randomly. And then another kid picked up the next Lizzo lyric and then another kid and then another. And of course that's, it's Lizzo. So I'm going to sing along too. <laughs> so these two children trying to set up their scene and the rest of the class is just singing truth hurts by Lizzo for no apparent reason. <laughs> like, um, and it, it was just, it was fun. And in that moment we were very carefree and silly. And of course I had to be like, all right, and now we have to be good audience members. <laughs> watch this scene. Um, but yeah, that's, I just love those kind of random moments. And they talked about that for the next week. Like, Hey, are we going to have a Lizzo sing along today, Broward? I'm like, no, not today. <laughs> That one was very impromptu. Um, but yeah, those are probably the two that came to mind most most frequently. Um, and I'm going to be greedy and share one more just because it's on my mind. I have, I'm actually have had the misfortune to lose a student earlier this week. Um, and obviously that's very hard. But um, one thing that he always did was if he could tell that I was having a rough day, um, Amari was his name. He liked to just tell me thank you. And the first time he did it, I said, for what, Amari? And he just said, for being my teacher and mm. for teaching us today. And that's always going to stick with me. And that's a moment that I'm just, you know, it was already really memorable. And now now it's just kind of even more precious. Yeah. So 
had to selfishly share that one too. <laughs> By all means, no, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry that 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 happened, and but I, that, but what a great memory. Mm-hmm. You know what a great he was a, a great kid. <laughs> well, my final two questions are the ones that I ask everyone on the podcast. Um, the first one is: What is a resource that you are currently using or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers? So. Anything by Viola Spolin is just amazing. Anything. And I use all of her stuff a lot. I typically use improvisation for the theater most often. Um, But a new one that I've really been enjoying is actually written by one of my Roosevelt professors, Damon Kelly. He wrote a book called How to Read a Play. And it, it was written for directors and about like their first go through of reading a play from a director's standpoint. And I've really been enjoying it because I feel like it's a very honest take um, on how directors do read a play. I know that sounds mm-hmm. really crazy, but he, um, he, t- he it's basically a series of interviews where he interviewed other directors and um, seeing how other people approach that very first kind of phase has been really interesting. And he's talked about how you know, he'll avoid reading a play for a month. I'm like, oh, cool. It's not just me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like it's a really honest take. And he's, he's written another one called How to Rehearse a Play. I have not picked that one up yet. But yeah, How to Read a Play by Damon Kelly. I've been enjoying that one during this quarantine time. All right. Well, my final question for you is, what are your parting words of wisdom for new theater teachers entering this field or that veteran teacher just needing an, needing an encouraging word right now? I think my biggest piece of advice advice is to just be a theater student whenever you can, whether that's actually going to school or whether that's participating in a show, whatever it might be, just whenever there's an opportunity to be a student yourself, uh, take advantage of it. That's awesome. That's true. You got to be that lifelong learner. That's right. That's right. Well, Allison Brower, thank you so much for for chatting with me. And uh, it's always good to hear from you and uh, to hear about the great things you're doing with your kids. Um, So I wish you all the best this school year. And I hope um, I hope eventually we'll be able to be with our kids face to face and uh, and that you you just continue to be that amazing teacher that they need. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun chatting with you, too. And curtain. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please find Fed Talks on your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to the show so it automatically shows up in your podcast app each week. Rate us by leaving some stars, review us by saying what you love about the show, and most importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life. Find us on all your favorite social media. We're on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Fed Talks on Facebook, and Fed Talks Podcast on Instagram. Visit our website at www.fedtalks.com for all our past episodes and resource lists from the guests you've met on the show. And email me directly by emailing fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, recommendations for guests on the show, or if you just want to be a guest yourself. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schuster, for the use of your original music that we hear on the show. And thank you for listening and for all you do for your students. I'm Jimmy Chrisman. Join me next week for another great interview. Have a great week.